When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Or how about trying this one on for size? Conduit to trouble. Chip Scoggins, Star Tribune sports columnist, and Zolgad. We do this every week, uh, talking about a variety of things in Minnesota sports. Chip was in Seattle for um, what was a thoroughly entertaining Vikings loss on Sunday. Tell me this, Chip Scoggins. What's harder to get your head wrapped around? U.S. Bank Stadium empty for a football game or Seattle? Because that place is, for an outdoor stadium, ordinarily absolutely rocking. Yeah, I think Seattle, just because it's become... I mean, I think most people look at U.S. Bank Stadium as loud, as loud, but I think uh, Seattle and Kansas City are kind of the two that everybody looks at as being, you know, the quintessential home field advantage. So, um, yeah, it was weird. I mean... They, they they still raised the twelve banner before before they can't <laughs> and you know how how I mean that place just goes nuts when they do it, but they still had somebody up there that hoisted the twelve flag and it was just dead silent so it was it was bizarre because every time we've been there and we've been there a lot um you know that's one of those places where it just you walk out of there and you felt like you've um you know you've experienced something just because of how loud it is well yeah, it's great. All right, so your your thoughts about the whole late-game uh, strategy decisions from Zim, uh, from going for it to then, obviously, Madison didn't get it, and Seattle drives 94 yards for a touchdown. In the moment, did you like the call on yeah. fourth and inches? Yeah, when, they, when at the two-minute warning, I tweeted out, go for it. I mean, you absolutely have to go for it. Yep. So <clears throat> that was my first guess, and for a lot of reasons, Judd, I mean, one, you're one and three, right? <laughs> it's, and you got a chance to beat a team on the road at their place that's undefeated. It wasn't a full yard. It was a couple of feet that you needed. Um, the offense had been pounding the ball on the ground. Uh, Seattle, I didn't you know, really know how bad their defense is. They're not good at all, Judd. They're I mean, awful, they're, Chip. They're, they're dead last in the NFL in yards allowed, so it's not like that's – that's not the Legion of Boom that you're doing Woo! that against, you know. And so, I, I mean, my first guess was go for it. I mean, you can end the game and don't even give Russell Wilson a chance to beat you. Exactly. Um, yes. So, to me, I thought it was the absolute right right call. And even though it didn't work out, I'll still say it's the right call. That defense, Chip, I, I can't put into words. Like, I knew it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think that they were, if I'm not mistaken, they were th- – uh, Last in the league in total defense in yardage allowed. 
They were last in the league in passing yards, okay? 400 yards, Jeff. They but they were a game. But they were third against the run. So I thought, okay, they're not bad against the run. I never thought there was any time, basically until Madison got stopped, there mm-hmm. was any time where they looked even competent. I mean, they broke up some plays, but yeah. my God, they, they, you know, I mean, Wilson fixes a ton of your problems. Yeah. But I don't know how the Seahawks can be expected to actually make a playoff run with that defense. No, no. And, you know, when I saw that they give up 400 uh, yards, over 400 yards passing a game, I thought, well, maybe they're leading a lot and teams have to throw to try to play catch up. And and that's probably some of it. But, man, they are just not good on the back end at all. I mean, it's just there's – and you're so used to seeing just all pro-level secondary guys back there safeties corners and they're just it just feels like they're easy pickings right now and um and so yeah you know that's a lot to put on russell as great as he is and he's probably the mvp right now that's a lot to put on him to say okay make up for a really bad defense too um and he's doing it but you're right when they get in the playoffs and they're facing some pretty good defenses that's They've got to fix that if they're going to, you know, if they're going to win the Super Bowl. As a guy who watched the game from the press box, so you you could see the entire field, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Where was Justin Jefferson? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Kurt went back to locking in on 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 Thiel when they fell behind, and it got tight. Excuse me while um, I start screaming. I'm going to turn my mic. I know, off. I know. And but you know, in saying that, Judd, I mean. He did make some plays, and then he had those two yeah. uh, touch. But but it 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 felt like well when they scored twenty one points in like a minute and a half. It's like you look up and there, the score is twenty one thirteen all of a sudden. But when it got tight, it felt like Kurt said, "Okay, I'm going to my guy. I'm trusting one guy," and he just locked in on the field. And it worked. I mean, they scored two touchdowns. But um, I think that's where he just needs more time with Jefferson. In, in in situations that are like that, where you felt like, okay, because that that game felt a lot different than the Houston game, right? Yes. I mean, you, you're facing a undefeated team, you're on the road, and that that's the thing, Judd. And if they had won that game, and now you're coming back to play Atlanta, mm-hmm. and you could go into your bye at three and three, wouldn't it have changed the narrative of this season a little bit? Yes. And how we view this season, I think it. That 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 game could have changed a lot of yes. how we view this team. Don't you agree? The narrative for sure. Agree completely. I mean, you go from okay, now it's all about development and some people wanting to tank to three and three going into the bye, and with all the problems that you've had, you're thinking, man, this could be a playoff team now. You know, and that's a nice win. If you if you go into Seattle, even with the defense as bad as theirs looked, and they are banged up, but if you go into Seattle in a primetime game on a Sunday night and you come out with, you know, a relatively ugly but effective win, that's a really nice win. Yeah, and so um, so it, that game just had a different feel, and so I, I think that he fell back into it. I'm just trusting Thielen. Um, you know, and, and I, I don't know. I can't sit here and you know, broken down the film to see if, if Seattle did things differently with Jefferson's in terms of blanketing him or whatever. But I think it was more probably Cousins just locking in on Thielen. Absolutely drives me crazy because the kid is so <laughs> special. I, 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 Thielen's a really, really nice, really good player. 
But Jefferson to me is a dynamic, you know, potentially dynamic play making receiver. And those guys are so, uh, can be, you know, so effective. Uh, Delvin Cook, okay? So yeah. here's the conundrum, right? And we, we've talked I, I about this. I saw your video, Judd. I saw your video. Yeah. I disagree with you, man. We've talked about it before. But, I, I mean, I love the kid. He's great. He's fantastic. But the conundrum is how do you keep him healthy? Well, well, that's the conundrum. And, and, and it's going to feed it's going to feed the people that say you never pay a running back or don't pay this running back big money because of injury history. And I just, I, I disagree, man. I just think it is a conundrum because of his history injury. Um, but what, I mean, what's the alternative? You're not going to pay him and let him walk. I mean, look how he's, he's a top five running back, right? When he's healthy, no question. Oh, this is a difficult discussion. So, so you're not going to pay him and let him walk. I mean, Alexander Madison, I think the, Quality running back. I mean, he he does good things, but he's not Dalvin, you know. Well, here's the problem. Uh, Given what my quarterback makes, can I afford to pay my running back too? Well, that yeah, there you know, and all the other guys that are wanting big money too. That yep. that is the thing. And uh, how many teams in this league have quarterbacks making huge money and running backs making huge money? I, you know, thinking off the top of my head, I'm not sure, but. Um, I mean, every quarterback's going to make a certain degree, but obviously Cousins is in a different tax bracket than a lot of quarterbacks. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's you're right. I mean, conundrum is the right word, Judd. I mean, so would you? Does this reinforce your belief that they should not have given him a contract? It reinforces my belief, yeah, that he can't. That he's never, he's never going to consistently be able to stay on the field. And look, if he played a position at which I could just pull back his playing time easily, I might be like, okay, that's fine. But I mean, he he was chipper. He was on track for forty touches. Okay, yeah. And I agreed with it because because he gives you the chance. No, I this this is one of the most. This is what this is not to me a black and white. I'm just right and you're wrong, or you're right sure. and I'm wrong. Yeah. This is an actually a great discussion about decisions made not just on players, Chip, but on your entire in a salary cap league, the construction of your team. It, you know the thing is, Judd is is. This is one of those things where you want it both ways. Yes. Because when you watch what Dalvin did against Houston, what he did the week before, and you're thinking, man, this guy is so good and so talented, and he's worth every penny that you gave him. And then as soon as he gets hurt, it's like, well, why do you pay a running back that kind of money? He can't stay healthy. It's like, well, you know, you can't have it one way one week and then another way the next week. Right. Um, and, and so it's – you're right. I mean, he had 21 touches in that first half. You know, and he deserves and, it. Like he's that good. Yeah, and um, I, I, I still think when you have a unique talent, which I think he is, um, mm-hmm. you you have to pay him. You know, I mean, it, you're just not in a situation where you'd be like, yeah, we know he's special and he makes our team. He's our best player, and he makes our team a lot different. But we're just not going to pay him the money and let him walk because that's. I just don't know that you well, do that. I think the Vikings are are struggling mightily with overall decisions on contracts, and that's my problem. Um, by the day, I am growing more leery, I guess is the right word, not of the decision to give uh, Cousins the contract originally, mm-hmm. but to push the salary cap problems down the road in March. Yeah, was yeah. a mistake. And look, if you had decided, um, Kirk, we can't pay you, 
We're sorry. And in fact, it's going to cause us a year or so of real cap problems. But we are going to pay Dalvin. I would have said, okay, you know what? You made a choice. Yeah. But in the Vikings case, it's like they're like, no, let's let's push it down the road with Kirk and we'll pay Kirk, but then we'll pay Dalvin too. And at some point in time, you just you just want to sit the boys down and say, gentlemen, you got to make some some tough decisions here. And it's also weird, Chip, that the Vikings are operating internally like the window might still be open and like somebody needs to tell them it closed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing about Dalvin too, Judd is his, his contract average up about like 12 and a half million. Yes, sir. Yes. So, so it's not like he got Zeke money. It's not like he got, Yep. I mean, he's not, he's probably what fifth or sixth running back now. Highest paid. I think he's something. a. I think he's a six. I think six is yeah. right. But yeah, he's right around there. That's correct. So I mean, it's, you know, it's big money. It's not like they're paying them eight eight million dollars, but it's not. You know, they didn't go up to that fourteen fifteen million dollar range, which I think Dalvin wanted initially, which was there was no chance. But you're right. Um, on, you know, in, uh, extending Cousins now looks um, obviously like the wrong thing. But could they have done everything they wanted to do? contract-wise without doing that because they it did help their cap situation, no, right? they it, couldn't have, but but I guess the question goes back to then, should they have bitten the bullet at that point and sure, made those sure. sacrifices to say we can't do this, but if the alternative is putting ourselves or committing ourselves to Kirk now more, that's probably a mistake. It's just like they're never willing to make the tough calls. Well, and it's, Judd, they have so much invested in Cousins. The, the that it needs to work out for him, and I think it's just you're just like you said pushing it down the line. Um, I mean, you know, the other night he had some moments where he looked really dang good. Yeah, but the, and then but he also had the two turnovers and, that you know. Yes, just, yes, just and the fourth back in and it's just and unfortunately Zimmer's decision on the fourth and inches play, which I think we all agree with, okay, mm-hmm. overshadowed. The was it a minute and thirty five or fifty five in which Seattle exploded? Yeah, and well, a minute fifty four. Yeah, yeah, and that lost them the game. And I'm yeah. sorry, but the Cousins pick is inexcusable based on yeah. this. That needs to be a time when your alpha quarterback says, "Everybody, calm down. We're about to have a long drive." I mean, think about that. And then what drives me crazy about Kirk because it's so predictable is Comes back. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> back it does it. Well, I was I have uh, been guessing we were walking out. We were just talking about quarterbacks and how special Russell is. And, you know, everybody can't have a guy like that. But right. I said reverse the roles, and it was Cousins that had to go win that game. What do you think happens? <laughs> I know what happens. Think about it. Reverse the roles. And I know what happens. I saw. Well, what's your confidence level? Chip, I saw it at the at their own forty against the Titans. Yeah. I saw it. He threw a hail mary pass to Thielen on a play <laughs> when you still had a ton of time left. I know we and saw so it. That, yeah, and that's and, and you talk about uh, you saw a quarterback that could make up for a bad defense. Uh, you know, any kind of line protection problems, scramble around, just makes play. I mean, and granted, like I said, there's only one Russell Wilson. It's not like everybody can have one, but it it just goes to show you, you know that. That you're just not going to get that from your quarterback here. You but you know? know what the thing was, Chipper, and and so Favre, right? So when Favre got the ball, same thing, okay? Mm-hmm. Favre got the ball. You said to yourself internally, "This is going to be fun, and something's going to happen." 
Might be good. Yeah. It might be catastrophic. But something's going to happen. When's the last time Kirk got the ball in crunch time? Just like that. When's the last? And, and you thought to yourself, something's going to happen that was, you know, 50%. It might be great. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and the thing is, is like you go back to the playoff game against the Saints. He did it. But it wasn't like you're sitting there thinking, well, this is a slam dunk he's going to do. It is almost like, holy cow, he did it. You know, it's like, yes. it a shocker where when, when Russell got that ball back, how many people, and I said it, you know, to myself, like, this sucker's over. You, you know, he's going to lead him down and, and, and score here. You just have that feeling about him. And there are certain quarterbacks, I think Rodgers is in that camp. Um, you know, obviously, there's probably four or five. Um, Holmes is in that, that you just sort of expect greatness. And, you just do not have that feeling here, you know. And he all. makes and he makes too much not to he makes too sure. much a year and eats too much of your cap up for you not to think something good could happen here. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing. He's being paid. Yes. To have, to to both make that plays and for you know when when a guy has that kind of contract, you expect him to play at a certain level and do magical things, and it's just not who he is. You know, he needs conditions to be perfect and um so yeah it's it's you know you, you gain a new appreciation when you when you watch what like russell wilson does oh. and how he pulled that out and we're just so under control even was fourth down you like you still feel like he's gonna make a play so much fun know? to watch so much know, fun to watch i know so uh yeah the uh we talked about the the rookie corners last week judd and how you mm-hmm. know their development well there was another instance right dancer Miss times is, I assume he mistimed that, right? That, that the fourth and ten. Yeah. Where I, I think he just mis or misread it. Yeah. Not mistimed it, but misread it. But another situation that you're just going to have to deal with. Didn't bother you know? me. It didn't no. bother me because because uh, it's exactly what I expected, and I still feel I feel like uh, Dancer and Gladney are improving. Yeah. Oh, I do too. Without doubt. And the one thing I did like, um, you don't want to get a penalty, but I sort of like when. Uh, Metcalf was clearly, I don't know if you saw the replay where he was shoving uh, Gladney and they kind of got in the shoving match there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was good for Gladney, you know, to shove back and kind of stand up because they're going to get tested all year. I mean, these veteran corners or, or veteran wide receivers are going to both, on you know, pass pattern and stuff like that. But then maybe after a play, too, where Metcalf was going at him, um, he stood up for himself. So um, I think they're, yeah, I think they're definitely improving, but they're still going to be, some moments like that where you're like, oh my goodness, he's a rookie, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, of course, to be expected too. Um, what happened to your Vols, my man? I sent yeah. you a few texts first half. Yeah. I was texting you, and by the way, Saturday, great college football day, entire day on the couch. It, it was fantastic. Yep. But I'm texting you because I said your Vols are back. I probably jinxed them. Yes. What the heck happened? Well, we forgot there was two halves. <laughs> um, and uh, the quarterback had a couple egregious turnovers, and Georgia's is a lot better. <laughs> sure, know? they're they're a good team. They're I, I think they will be uh, right there in the mix for the college football playoff. Um, but we're clearly not at at that level. But yeah, man, yesterday uh, Saturday felt like the first time that college football is really back. Right now, we the Big Ten hadn't started; they start next week. But um, it was it was fun to have a day where there's just a bunch of kind of crazy games and shootouts and wild finishes and it felt like normal again. Mhm. Some good games too. 
Fun games. Very good. Yeah, uh, very good. So what what should the expectation be for the Gophers at this point now? And they start, what, a week from Saturday? I think they've got a 6.30 game. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, against Michigan. Yeah. You know, Judd, it is so hard. Like, if, if, if we didn't have the pandemic, I would tell you to have high expectations because you return – Mostly your whole offense, um, you know, exception of Ty Johnson, who was a big piece, but um, you get Rashad back defensively. They got so many new faces. I don't know there, Judd. I think they may have some growing pains. They they like their athletes. They like the guys they have, but they're, you know, as we see the way Antoine Winfield's playing in the NFL, um, that's going to be a tough guy to yeah. replace, you know. And so I don't know, but but here's the thing, Judd. Teams are having to play with, without 10 15, 20 players. Yep. Um, we're seeing games get postponed. You know, uh, the Vandy game, uh, Missouri got postponed. Florida now, it looks like Florida LSU is getting postponed. They had, it did, yeah. I think Florida has 24 guys. So this is the thing, Judd. You could show up to the stadium on Saturday and the, and the Gophers say, uh, we're out Tanner Morgan, no Rashad Bateman, no this guy, no that guy. We had nine guys out. And then, yeah. You know, you don't know because with the Big Ten, if you test positive, you're automatically sidelined for 21 days. So that could be three games. Ooh. And if it goes through your locker room, tough. You know, I mean, what do you – so this this season could be so disruptive. So to sit here and say to know, like, you know, that you're going to have all your starters, forget the injuries, just the COVID. Um, I, think it's, I think it's just going to be – kind of a luck of the draw in some ways that who's available for you. And so it's going to be hard to predict this because you don't know from week to week who's going to be available to you. So are college teams concerned about games played, Chipper, here? Are, are, are we just trying to get to a finish point where they can have the rankings and the playoff? Yeah, but it has to be representative, Judd. I mean, sure. I mean, you can't play six games and think you're, you should be in the playoff, I don't think. You know, Um yeah, I mean they don't want to have to. Well, and the thing about the Big Ten because they're they're waiting so late, they're playing nine and nine, right? Nine games in nine weeks. There there is no built-in time for uh, you know postponements. So if you miss a game, I guess you just miss it, and you're going to have to go by win percentage. Um, you know, the SEC has some time built in, I think, uh, because they started earlier. But um, yeah, I mean they want. It's all about the college football playoff. I mean that's such a revenue generator. And that's why the Big Ten came back when it, they did because they wanted to get you know get a piece of that, and they feel like Ohio State's you know the team that could probably win it. Um, but if you if you're forced to postpone three games, I don't know you know if you don't have enough players some weeks. It, it, like I said, it has to be representative. It, you have to feel like it's a, a enough of a sample size that that the college football selection committee could say yeah you know what they played they had two games postponed but they played seven or they played eight we feel like we know what this team is you know um but it's going to be interesting to see you know how many games get postponed because i don't i don't think there's i think it's unrealistic to think every team's going to play every game based on what we're seeing right now so big 10 wise what in your mind is the least amount of games that can be played and still be considered a representative season for a program so if it's seven or eight, I would think. Okay. Don't you? I mean, I, I just don't think you can play six games and think that that's you know. I, I would say seven or eight. Yeah, I just um, I don't I don't know with college administrators 
being as odd as they are. I agree completely with what you're saying. I'm curious if they will or not, if that makes yeah. sense. You know, I saw this tweet there after that who it was, John, and it's 100% correct. It's, you know, the NFL gets a couple cases and they shut down. I mean, college football, I mean, I think I saw somewhere, did Virginia Tech have not uh, missed 23 players um, the other game? I mean, that's just staggering, you know. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing, you know, some schools have eight, 10, 12 players not available on game day. It's just, I think you're going to wind up seeing probably less guys redshirt because they just don't have that luxury anymore. Right. I think it's, it's one of those all hands on deck because from week to week, like I said, with the big 10, it's an automatic three games. So if you test positive, um, if somebody on the Gophers test positive, you know, this week, they're missing the first two games automatic. No questions about it. No matter, even if they have negative tests. So it's afterwards. Um, so it's going to be, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see how teams kind of navigate this. Yeah. I'm ch- checking out the story from the weekend. It, it looks like Vandy Chipscoggins had 50 um, played w- with only 56 scholarship players in their loss to South Carolina on Saturday. And then to your point from before their game against Missouri this coming Saturday has been postponed. So they were down to 56. So yeah, it's going to be, I just don't, I don't know if the powers that be in college football are going to look at the amount of games played as seriously as the true fans are. They should for sure. But you know, if it's the Buckeyes and let's say they play six games, are they going to say, yeah, but the Buckeyes are still really good and look at the winning percentage. Well, I I think if you're, if I'm on the selection committee and you know, Ohio state's good, right. And you don't, it's not going to be a news flash. If they play six games and they, you know, they win all six by thirty points. I think it's reason, and they're all Big Ten games. I think it's reasonable to say, you know, that team's pretty good. They're probably one of the four best. So it's going to be the eye test thing. You know, it's interesting, Judd. There, you said they postponed. They had fifty six. Is you know, I wonder who makes that call. Is it uh, the conference commissioner? Does the team just say, hey, we had too many of our good players? Uh, that's a know, great question. Yeah, that's a really good question. It's, it's, it, what, what is the that's threshold? a really good point. What is the threshold? Because um, we've got the wrong fifty-six guys healthy. <laughs> that's right. These are not you know, good. These are not a good fifty-six group. Yeah. Can you say, hey, I don't have my quarterback? Is it? Well, yeah. Like, well, like, two quarterbacks. Is I mean, what is the threshold and who makes that call? Well, so that's what I'm curious it, to find out. So to, to that point, if the Gophers have a representative amount of players, okay, it's not great, but look, let's say it goes through the uh, team, and mm-hmm. they've got a representative group amount of players, but let's say Bateman and Morgan are down. Yeah. Do they try in politic not to play? I probably, you know. I mean, it's a really good, think, it's a good point. I would think any team that doesn't have its quarterback and best player, I think would probably, now if it's just two players, they, I don't think it's going to fall on deaf ears, but if you have, you know, if it's if they're in a group of eight, right. I think, you know, but it, but it's it's, you wonder if the other side is going to say, no, wait a second here. You know, we, we, we were charged with getting the whole team ready, not just one or two. So it's going to be, who makes that call again? Is it Kevin Warren? Is it, um, the schools agree on it or how does that work? I don't think it's ever been laid out. We're missing too many good players. We can't play. Sorry. We're not showing up in Columbus. And, and the thing is, Judd is like, we talked about it. I don't think you can do a bubble. And and the NFL struggling outside of a, a bubble too, but they're 
you know, NFL players are not probably not making target runs or they're not going across campus. They're not hanging out in dorms. They're not hanging out in apartments. They're hanging, they're pretty much going facility home, facility home, right? Yes. Well, college students aren't doing that. And so you're going to see more spread. And so it, you know, the teams that can avoid it and be the most disciplined. um, And even that's not foolproof, obviously Um, it can still infiltrate their, you know, their locker room. But um, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be tricky to see how teams can, you know, have as many players available as possible and, and hopefully avoid an outbreak in their locker room. Why the plethora of Big Ten Friday night games? I don't know. I, it just drives me crazy. Um, well, I do know. <laughs> TV. Of course. <laughs> Good point. When TV, was, when TV was something, they're going to get it um, when they're, you know, paying the bills. But I just, I hate Friday night football games. It's just, maybe I'm old fashioned and whatever, but. Friday night should be for high schools. You know, I just, I just don't like Friday night football. Yeah. I just like one or two of them, I guess are fine, but the, the Gophers have what? Three, three. Yeah. And, and, uh, that just seems excessive to, to me. And, and I mean, I get, I get it, I guess to your point. Yeah. It's TV. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I guess it's the one thing is Judd this year is, you know, fans aren't going. So, so it's not as big a deal, um, and fans can't really go to high school football either. So, so it's not as big a deal. But I hope it doesn't become, you know, in the past. What is the rule typically that every team has to play on Friday once? The Gophers were going to play the Hawkeyes at um, TCF Bank Stadium on Friday in the original schedule. Yeah, so I think it's. I can't remember if every team does it, but you have to. I, yeah, I believe it was. Maybe every team has to do it once a season, um, but. Three, you know, I, I hope it doesn't become the norm when, you know, when we do get back to normal and fans are allowed in because it's, it's just not, I don't know. I thought there was a, a – Football should be played on Saturday. I'm sorry. I thought there was a, a law as well against it being the norm. I, I thought that because I thought that, that there was a, a deal where ordinarily, in ordinary times, um, Fridays are reserved for high school football. I thought there was a cap on how much colleges could play on Fridays or Big Ten schools could, but I might be wrong about that. Yeah, it could. You know, I know. God, what was the argument when they when they came out a couple of years ago and said they were going to institute it? And some schools said we absolutely won't do it. And so they didn't. I don't know if they didn't have to or they just gave it to other It might have been that. Iowa said they wouldn't. Somebody said because because I, I think I think the problem was um, the high school football coaches in that state basically threatened the program. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Which I don't blame them. Yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's just, you know, it's just, I, I know it's a TV deal and they pay the bills so they get to dictate that stuff, but it's just, I'm not a, a fan at all of that, so. Hey, last thing, sir, uh, before we wrap up here. Your thoughts on the fact that there is clearly in uh, in St. Paul a new sheriff in town, um, Bill Guerin, funny, saw <laughs> what we've all been talking about for quite some time here. Make no mistake, Bill Guerin is making changes not just to impact the, this team on the ice and to change up the players, uh, but Bill Guerin is really, in my opinion, making changes with the Wild in a big way because he saw what we all saw, which was a lot of very comfortable people in that room for a long time. Yeah. And I think he said, I've won a couple Stanley Cups, and I've been a captain in this league, and this is not how a potential Stanley Cup champion looks. Well, you remember a couple of years ago when Craig Leopold changed GMs, he said, we just need tweaks. This roster is ready to win. We just need tweaks. Yes. 
Billy Garrett said, give me a stick of dynamite. (laughs) (laughs) We're blowing this sucker up. Um, And it it was needed. I mean, you can only – what is it that, you know, you keep – definition of sanity keep doing the same thing and yes open for, and, and that's what it was and yep. it was they were too good to think they're going to get a high draft pick not good enough to think they can win a championship and that's an awful place to be right that's you know getting to the playoffs is fun for an organization you make a little bit of money but it's not you probably fool yourself into thinking you're better than you really are um and i i you know i appreciate garen saying you know what this is great. You had, you know, you had some success, but we're, we're turning it over and, and like really turning it over and get rid of the core. And, you know, is it going to produce better results? Not guaranteed, but I like what he's doing. I, I like, he's being aggressive. I think he has a vision for what he wants the roster to look like. And he's, and he doesn't care about this. I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but he doesn't care about people's feelings. You know, No, he doesn't. He doesn't give a damn. And, and he's, but he's right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like this is. Hey, I'm 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 hired to fix this roster, and this is what I'm doing. And you know, some of these guys were fan favorites and popular, and you know, did some good things here. But it's like in the the end result was they didn't win a championship and weren't getting close. So it's time to turn turn the page. And I like what he's doing. I feel like the Wild and the Vikings are sort of in similar spots, or were, because um, I feel you know the Vikings. I still think they're going to win seven, six, seven games. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I've gotten to the point in my life where if you're not going to be good, just don't be good because the draft pick can be so great. Because um, the Vikings for years, you know, they've been really pretty good and, and they, mm-hmm. they, they make the playoffs, Chip, and that's great. That's fantastic. Um, but then one day you wake up and you realize you made the playoffs a lot, but you have not won a lot of games in the playoffs and there's got to be a different way to do this if your ultimate goal is a championship and not just being a good team. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. It's like you can get comfortable with being good, but and you know sometimes you you might have to take a step back to really recalibrate and you know get the right pieces that you can become a champion because ultimately that's what you're trying to do, right? Yes. It's not just make it to the playoffs, but you want to try to win a championship. And I mean, anybody that looked at the Wilds roster is like. That's a good roster, but it's not a. They're not going to win a championship with that roster. It's just, it's just not. And so, um, yeah, I, I think they absolutely. And you know, credit Leopold for. I don't know if he had a, a tough sell. If if Garen had to have a tough sell with him, don't you, I assume the the owner's probably ready to do the same thing too. You know, I don't. I don't think he's really committed to it, right? Right. Um, a few years ago, because he still wanted to get that playoff money. He still felt like that was a team that. You know, if you get in, you never know. But that that whole thing, you know, you just get in and you could get hot. I, you know, I, I'm not sure I really buy that too much anymore. Do you? No, and I I think the probably the best thing that happened to Garen last year was Craig saw that building start to empty out a bit, mm-hmm. and he knew that if you continue to go down this path, fans were basically bailing. And yep. so, because because he he said the tweak comment, if you recall, that came when they were still consistently selling out games, and I mm-hmm. think in his mind he, he's like a little tweak, and this place will be packed still and blah. And then we got to last year, pre pandemic, and there were yep. a lot yep. of games where a lot of good seats were empty. And my guess is Bill said, 
That's the future, Craig, unless we really hit a reset button here as opposed to, uh, let's just swap this guy for that guy. So I do think that the value for the Wild and and as far as Bill Guerin went was having an arena that was not filled and basically probably told Craig, this team is really stale. And Craig probably said, yeah, you're right. And, and Chad, don't you think that they – I, I do think they listen to their fans a lot, um, that organization. And don't you get the sense that they probably heard this thing is stale and this team's just boring. You yeah. Know? There's not a lot there. And so look at the new the, – the, the team that they put out on the ice next year. I don't know how good they were, but I don't think they'll be boring. They got some some players that you definitely want to go watch. Mm-hmm. You know, some some young, exciting players, and you know, uh, Kaprizov or Kaprizov, whatever you call him, um, Fiala back. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, so they have they have guys now that you know it, it's going to be interesting because of the pandemic and winter crowds coming back. But just on its surface, they have some interesting players now and, and new players and and um, some players with some you know, some scoring and some talent. So uh, I think fans will be excited by the changes they have. I think the smartest thing that Bill did through Dean after firing Bruce, I think the smartest thing that they did was was the day that Dean got the job to switch to that up-tempo, faster yeah. style and play at pace because you didn't have to be a hardcore hockey person to see the amount of players that couldn't skate. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was a message probably a little bit to Craig as well, saying, if you really think that we should keep Eric Stahl, I'm going to show you exactly how slow Eric Stahl or Koivu is. Um, because that that style is fun to watch, but the majority of that team couldn't play it. Yeah, And I'm pretty certain that that was a message to a lot of people that probably uh, don't know hockey as well as guys like uh, Dean and Bill Guerin do, that, okay, if we do this, if this is our style – we're going to expose guys here who are, by the way, not bad people. Like, that's yeah. that's never been a thing. But were they comfortable and probably somewhat entitled? Absolutely. That's sure. the Wilds' culture, or that had been the Wilds' culture. Yeah. Joe, last thing. What are the odds that Parisi's on the roster on opening night? So I would say if we weren't in a pandemic, almost zero. Um, but because the salary cap is going to stay flat, who's going to take the contract? And, like, yeah. how are you going to do it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he would go in a heartbeat if he could go I think to a team. Mutual desire, don't you? I absolutely do. Um, but we're we're seeing, you know, the the market as set right now certainly did not have a ton of uh, big contracts signed because yeah. of the pandemic. And yeah, so, I guess right. my question with Parisi is, who's going to take on that contract and pay it with a flat salary cap? And I can't think that there's a lot of teams that would do that. Yeah, you wonder if it won't be a like an in season trade next year once sure. you kind of know what the cap's going to be. Exactly you know, right. And teams might be wanting to bolster a lineup, you know, with a veteran. Yeah, that that probably makes more sense. Thanks, Chipper. I'll talk to you next week, buddy. Take care. All Safe right, travels. Buddy. Okay. We'll see you. Thank All you. right. Bye bye. Chip Scaggins, kind of it's a trouble. We'll talk to you next week. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.